just because I got named the head coach here doesn't mean that automatically gets their respect. You probably get the yes, sir, but you're going to have to earn their trust as a, yeah. as a human being. And I walked in the first day, I said, listen, you guys got your family. Um, just because I'm your head coach, I don't consider myself in your family yet. I'd like the chance to earn it. Um, and I think they, they appreciated that. And then when I got to see him in the weight room, this wasn't like a broken place, you know, this wasn't a, cause you just see the way they work in the, in the weight room. Um, there, there, there's a, there's a toughness factor. There's, there's a lot of, it's not the same job as when I took over Hawaii, when there was a lot of cultural uh, improvement, I thought, in my opinion, to, uh, to kind of work on and fix. The thing with our quarterback situation is not one quarterback on our roster is taking the college snap. And without spring ball, you know, it, it really puts everybody on a pretty even playing field. Who's going to get the job done? Welcome to 90% Mental and the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with all-pro quarterback Jake the Snake Plumber and mental performance coach Grant Parr, where the mental game is discussed and discovered by the best quarterbacks and offensive-minded professionals in the business. From overcoming adversity, celebrating mental wins, to actionable mental skill strategies, and more, you'll learn how to mentally navigate in and out of the pocket. Today in the pocket... Jake and Grant sit down with Nick Rolovich, head football coach for Washington State University, where he shares how his collegiate and professional experiences as a quarterback have positioned him to have a successful coaching career. Coach Rolovich discusses his process in building culture, coaching the heart of the athlete, and the leadership qualities he looks for in recruiting quarterbacks for his program. Keep your eye on the Cougars in 2020 as they compete for the Pac-12 championship. ReadyList Sports is the future of sports playbooks with its digitized integration of multiple learning styles that helps coaches teach better and players learn more efficiently. Engineered by former professional quarterbacks, ReadyList Sports' revolutionary play drawing tool will save coaches countless hours creating plays. ReadyList Sports also provides the players accessibility to study their playbooks using the ReadyList Sports app for iOS and Android. It's like having the playbook in your pocket. The best part of ReadyLists are the auto-generated tests the players take after studying that help ensure retention of your plays. Now let's all huddle up and go visit ReadyListSports.com. Welcome back to the In and Out of the Pocket podcast series with Jake the Snake Plumber and myself, Grant Parr. We are super excited to bring this show to all of you just to to share with you what it takes to be a, a quarterback and get inside the mindset of people that played the position and also coach the position. So we're going to be talking about all sorts of great stuff about uh, dealing with adversity and pressure, uh, leadership. So I'm really excited to bring this show to you, and I want to bring in my, my, my partner here. Jake, how you doing, my man? I'm good, Grant. I'm excited uh, as well to share some knowledge and stories and uh, mainly just the guests we get on this show. It's been really fun to see how they've adapted to adversity and, you know, how they how they lead and what they do uh, currently that, you know, where they've learned a lot of being a quarterback or just a leader. And yeah, man, I'm excited in and out of the pocket. We're going to be in the pocket for a while with our guest today. And when we get out of the pocket, it's going to be fun. Cause this one today is, uh, 
he's an exciting one. He's uh, uh, kind of an oddball in some ways, which I like because uh, I got to meet this young man back in 05. Or, oh, man, it was earlier than that, 03, maybe, back in uh, Denver, Colorado. And uh, right away knew he was a pretty unique individual, just the way he, he carried himself. And uh, interesting guy. He's moved on now through through the rankings uh, from JUCO playing the D1, dominating. Like I said, I met him here in, in Denver a long time back to now working his way up through the coaching ranks. He's the new head coach at the Washington State Cougars. It's Nick Rolovich. Thanks for coming on the show, Nick. Uh, great to be here, Jake. Grant, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this. This sounds like a good, fun time. Yeah, we try to have a good time, keep it you know a little serious and keep it light. But I'm going to jump right into it, man. You you've landed a, a big time job in the Pac-12. I know uh, you know you you like I said are uh, the kind of guy who brings a lot of passion, brings a lot of love, brings a lot of uh, you know what these kids can relate to. How hard has it been, and what are some of the challenges? you've faced since, you know, you signed there in Washington state, you start to ramp up, then bam, the brakes are hit COVID. Now, how, how have you managed to adapt with recruiting and, and coaching and maintaining your sanity as a coach? Uh, the, the zoom has been big, right? And it's, it, the, the hard part is you want to get to know these kids, want to connect with them. And when you're not around them, you know, we had a player pass away while we were all in quarantine and you couldn't even give your guys a hug or, you know, so a lot of it has to be done via, you know, some of the social mes- messaging like uh, group me or group text messages and, and just try to let them get to know us as people um, and make sure they're doing all right. Cause this is a pretty unprecedented time for, for a young person who, you know, there's so many questions and so much information out there that it, uh, it's been hard. Recruiting's been, it, it's forced us to be somewhat creative with uh, like virtual visits. And we, we appreciate all, you know, we have presenters from nutrition, academics, strength and conditioning, student development. I mean, just, and they go about an hour, but it's as good as we can get as far as showing, you know, the, the recruits what Washington State's all about. You, you know, Coach, I want to touch on, on recruiting because this is something we haven't talked about on the show yet. And I know that, you know, just with the time to the pandemic, it's it's probably thrown a, a couple curveballs at you. I just recently had a, a conversation with a D1 basketball coach, and she was saying that because of the COVID, they're making majority of their decisions, obviously through these Zoom calls, but also through uh, social media. And she calls it the brand of you. And there's, she said that she's actually passed on these five-star, four-star athletes based off how they present themselves on social media. So... Are you using social media as a tool to make decisions on your athletes as well, like during the recruiting process? Oh, I think it's always been a judgment ever since it's become, you know, a big part of our lives. Um, you know, and, and you got you to determine, right, is this, is this a young person um, not understanding the power of social media and what it does to their reputation? Or is this someone who, you know, maybe is not fit for, for our culture? And so I think that's been happening for a bunch of years now. Um, I think you're, what you're not getting is you're not getting the spring evaluation. You're not getting the camp circuit. So I, what I see is a lot of our decisions are, you know, we'll get, try to get the verified size, right? The dimensions are important, but we're really, is this a kid in two to three years that we are going to love having in the locker room? Is he going to bring something, you know, I think you can, you can, 
you can figure that out as you communicate with the young man and his family and what's important to them. So I think it's almost forced people to do well for us a little bit more based on who the person is, not uh, totally off their film because even as a quarterback, right, you love to see a quarterback throw before you offer them, but you're not getting that chance. So you really got to do some, some decent homework on them. Wow. That's interesting. Cause I know, you know, one, you did, you had great success at Hawaii and that's not an easy place to recruit. I mean, people would think, Oh yeah, everybody wants to go yeah. to Hawaii, but it, it's a tough place to recruit. And now you're going to Washington state, which again, you're in the middle of the Palouse. You're eight miles from Moscow, Idaho. People are going Moscow. What Russia? Like they don't know right. where you are, <laughs> let alone, you know, trying to pull them into this tiny little town, but you speak about culture and I can't help but think, as I, as I look at this situation, like you've landed in what could be like the most, the perfect place for you, for an eccentric guy, a coach that likes to coach with heart and passion, falling into a place where you almost have to, when you recruit, find those guys that are okay with like not being a USC Trojan, but actually saying, yep. I'm going to be a Cougar and make a difference. So what do you look for, um, not only in your recruits, but throw a little bit of insight into the qualities you look for in your quarterback? when you're recruiting them? Uh, well, let, let's talk about the, the, the relationship between Hawaii and this place. You know, and I'm glad you yeah. said that because everyone says, oh, Hawaii should be so easy to recruit to. Listen, it's still five hours at the closest away from home. It's hard to get yeah. to for your parents to see home games. You're living on an island. You're surrounded by water. You can't drive anywhere. So there's a very unique person that, that wants that experience. And it's really easy to cut through the BS, right? You know, hey, just yeah. first conversation. Here's what it is. Are you scared of that? Or are you good with that? Because it, it's not how good. It's not. Are you going to be successful in that that way of living? And there's some similarities to the Palouse. You know, where <laughs> this isn't a huge city. You're not going to get, you know, movie stars walking down the street. And and you know, but but I think the COVID part of this, um, you're seeing a, a deurbanization of, of our country because people are looking for their space. They're looking to raise their children with a little space. There's not on top of people. So I think a place like Washington State even becomes more attractive as a result yeah. of this, this COVID deal, right? So, hey, we're, we're the number one uh, safest school in the Power Five. Um, you know, those are qualities I think families are going to really start to, to put a little more value on as we get going. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a great point, man. Yeah. You know, you're going to go down to L.A. and 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 that's for some people. But that's not for me. I'm glad I'm up here um, because it's, it's surrounded by good people that really have a passion for, for the Cougs. And that's fun to be around. You know, you're the you're the and then you talk about the new name, image and likeness. Right. Maybe in L.A. you're 500 on the list to get some endorsement deal or, you know, some, some money coming through with this, but up in Pullman, you're one or two, you know, you're one, if you're yeah. the, the quarterback, you're number yeah. one in the, in, in all of our alumni base of who people want. So that's what I'm kind of putting out for people. You know, coach, when we were talking about culture a little bit, um, you know, you're, you're taking over an incredible program and you're taking over the culture that Mike Leach created. So, when we talk about your mindset as a head coach, like what is your mindset going into establishing your culture? Where do you start and, and how important is it to have your quarterbacks kind of lead that tone? Well, we have, well, first off, just because I got named the head coach here, 
doesn't mean that automatically gets their respect. You probably get the yes, sir, but you're going to have to earn their trust as a, as a human being. And I walked in the first day, I said, listen, you guys got your family. Um, just because I'm your head coach, I don't consider myself in your family yet. I'd like the chance to earn it. Um, and I think they, they appreciated that. And then when I got to see him in the weight room, this wasn't like a broken place, you know, this wasn't a, cause you just see the way they work in the, in the weight room. Um, there, there's, there's a, there's a toughness factor. There's, there's a lot of, it's not the same job as when I took over Hawaii, when there was a lot of cultural uh, improvement, I thought, in my opinion, to, uh, to kind of work on and fix. The thing with our quarterback situation is not one quarterback on our roster is taking the college snap. And without spring ball, you know, it, it really puts everybody on a pretty even playing field. Who's going to get the job done? You know, there's no, I mean, that includes freshmen coming in, you know, we got no, we got, we don't have anything to go off of. And and so there has been some, some emphasis on, okay, none of you have taken a snap. There's obviously some doubt in, in, in yourselves because you haven't done it, but let's, let's talk about, I think there's throwers. I call them carnival quarterbacks. And then there's quarterbacks. <laughs> guys can go out and throw at a garbage can. Guys can go throw at a goalpost, and that's all fun. And I've done that too. But playing the position of quarterback is is different. Every step you take in your day needs to be taken with with a quarterback mindset, and that's you know that's it's the littlest of things. But um, I, I think it's it's a big difference. And I don't like for me for quarterbacks. I think a lot of kids are manufactured. I think I try to look for the natural throwers. The kids who who didn't need someone to teach them how to throw, um, even though I, I appreciate quarterback coaches because they, you know, especially the private ones that are helping guys and all that. But I think you can tell when a quarterback has been manufactured and when a quarterback is uh, a natural thrower. That's uh, interesting. You touch on that. It's going to be one of my next questions here about your thoughts on these QB gurus that are spread out around the country and, and what effect they're having on these young quarterbacks or even just young athletes. Uh, you, you say it, you know, the carnival QBs that are obviously, you know, that's their job is quarterbacking, whereas the quarterbacks, usually they're athletes. So would you say that the, the gurus have had a positive effect? And, and do you see a lot of these kids, or would, when you recruit, do you look for kids that play multiple sports or, like you just said, that are just natural throwers? Oh, I love the, the multiple sport kids and, and the guys who are, I think there's a lot of guys doing um, good things with quarterback positions. I think it's good for young people to be out learning, working on their, their skill development. Um, I, 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 I got no problem with seven on seven, to be honest with you. I like that kids are out yeah. competing, doing something physical. Now I get it. There's the people that say, well, there's no pads on. I said, I get that. But I, I would still like to go to watch a, a seven-on-seven tournament. I like the ball flying through the air. I like I like watching that. And there's young kids competing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's not the same game. But it's, uh, it's, it's in my opinion, better you know, than sitting all day at home. It's a good way to go, though, man. It's a yeah. great thing because they learn to not have seven. contact. Right? <laughs> Holy right. Shit. Oh, and that's all I would have wanted to do was throw the rock. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But and, these kids learn body control. They learn to not Damn right. not hit each other, which is good for the game too. Like these high speed collisions are what we're trying to avoid. Seven on, you don't have those. You learn body control, better position. Have you seen that effect yep. trickle down into your team? I, I don't know if I've seen it, but I, I, I can't 
find myself being able to disagree with that statement. I think there is some, some natural angles that you learn. And, um, you know, again, is that, is that, uh, I I think it makes you a smarter, more aware football player, probably more on defense, but, um, also as a quarterback, right. You learn to throw guys away from the contact and things like that. Right. Yeah. I I think it's good too, for you're enhancing your vision, better, um, better decision-making, uh, you get create create more flow with with your team around you. I mean, I understand it's there's no pads, but um, I love it too, man. I love I love watching seven on seven, and and also I think it it does allow the athletes to have more confidence. So, you know, speaking with confidence, you know, you as a as an athlete and as a coach, I mean, you've competed at a high level. You've coached incredible quarterbacks throughout your career, and and I know all of us on this. On this show right now, we know that the court, one of the main ingredients to be a really good quarterback is having confidence. So as a QB coach, head coach, when you're working with a quarterback that has completely lost their confidence or has had a couple bad games, how do you coach that player to get back into their most confident self? Uh, well, I probably have, you know, we went through a pretty interesting situation the last couple of years in Hawaii where we had a starter and he was drafted by the Titans this, this year. He came out early, um, but we also had a, a really talented uh, true freshman that, you know, with the you know implement, implementation of the four-game redshirt rule, we were able to get him some snaps, and so there was always competition going on, and, and if a guy wasn't doing it, and this our kid who got drafted was so mentally strong, he, he really never got in the tank. He just worked harder, which is an incredible quality, but um, I think you got to sit them down because I look for conflict. If someone is acting out of character or generally not doing the right thing, whether it's academics or um, socially or on the field, if they're so different than they have been, there's some conflict in their life that you have to get to the bottom of. You know, you, you, I, I'm, I'm, I know they talk about the slump or whatever, the, the yips, or I just, I don't see that being a, something that we can use as an excuse. I think we've got to find out who these people are, what they're going through. Um, and, and that's where the personal level or personal um, connection comes in. It's like, hey, what's going on? What, what, what are we doing wrong? What can, can we change up how we're teaching you? Um, you know, we've seen you done it, do it before, you know? So just things like that get their, get their thought process, right? But there's also, you know, when you're talking about football games, there's not – a ton of time to spend throughout. And when you're talking about the fall, you know, you got to get the games done. And, um, but just showing a general care for the young people as people is where we usually start. So hopefully that answers the question somewhat. Totally, man. Just coaching the heart of the athlete first, man. That's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's important. That's huge. Uh, Rolo, what what characteristics did you you know qualities or anything that you learned playing quarterback? What are some of the you know things that you, that you learned you know fighting through adversity, playing playing the position that have now served you well as a head coach? Well, something you know that, that was very interesting to me when when I got to Hawaii as a junior college guy, um, Coach Jones made all the quarterbacks, and there were eight of us take a personality test the Myers-Briggs test so he was with the Chargers when um you know Peyton and Ryan Leaf came out and they had the second pick and I think they had done some kind of um 
I think it was Myers Briggs test on Peyton and Ryan and um they, they, there's this doctor, I wish I remembered his name, but he had he felt like there was a certain personality that successful quarterbacks had. And I don't know if it was ENFP or something <laughs> right. like that. But I also think it, it, it it's a, you know, we do it just because there's, there's a lot of information out there where you can figure out maybe how this guy learned, maybe, you know, and I think it helps the coaches more than anything. It's not like, okay, take this test. We're not signing you if you don't have this personality. It's really, we're going to use it as a tool. Okay. This guy, you know, he's more introverted, you know, you might have to do some more one-on-one stuff. You know, maybe he's a little bit nervous talking with confidence in front of, you know, the other group or whatever it is, you know, or this guy is all over the place, you know, social butterfly, and you got to kind of zero them in a little bit when it comes to game time or practice or film. Um, I think it's really helped the coaches um, learn, at least our quarterback guy and myself, to how 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 this kid learns and how we should be teaching him. That's interesting. When you when you get ready for this whole uh, phase in, right? The thing they're calling it phase in. How are you as a passionate like? let's go, let's go kick some ass kind of coach and kind of a personality. How are you going to handle the quote unquote phasing in that, that you're supposed to go through when your natural coaching instincts are going to be like, let's go. How are you going to handle that? Well, I think you look, you got to keep it at the forefront of your mind. Okay. What if someone on your team gets it right? Then, mm-hmm. then what happens? Right. I, I think the, the possibilities of what this can do to our football program come the fall. So I think there's a, you know, it leads you to having patience. Um, you know, what I told the guys is there's not going to be any excuses if we lose the game. It's not going to be, well, we didn't have spring ball. Nobody's going to care about that. Well, we didn't have the same yeah. summer. Nobody's going to care about that, you know? So, and so I think I've primed them pretty well, you know, cause I'll get tech. Coach, green lights coming, and, and when I mean green light, I'm thinking when we all get back together and are able to have a real practice, um, we get to start getting into the weight room. You know, I think it's hard to do, you know, five guys at a time when you got a hundred guys to lift. So there's some things to work out there, but um, it's really just okay, guys. Right now, concentrate on your families and your health. And you know, they did a great job in school in the spring, which really gave me a lot of confidence that they've kind of trust me on, you know, I, I don't lie to people. I, I tell them what I think. And so for them to, I, all we could do at that point was you can do push-ups in your house and you can do good on your academics. So I'm really proud of the semester they had. So that leads me to believe that they are focused on not only doing multiple things right in all their you know facets of, of their responsibilities as, as college athletes, but also I, I think they're hungry to, Prove and improve, prove people wrong and improve on, you know, the, the disappointing season they had last year. I think they were in some games and, um, yeah. you know, some got away from them. And I think, I think there was, I think there's some hurt and that's driving a lot of our guys, especially our leadership. You know, coach, I'm going to put on my, uh, my mental performance hat on, um, you know, we, we hear a lot in, in society now about mental skills training in all sports. So when you think about uh, mental skills training, visualization, meditation, breath work, all that good stuff, 
How important is that for your quarterbacks to adopt mental skills training or, or maybe your whole program? How much is that a part of your program? Uh, it's big for me. I'm not terribly into the breathing stuff. I mean, I've, I've tried. I know there's a couple, and I'm not educated enough on it to say that it's a huge part of our deal. But visualization is, um, you know, imagine yourself doing great things, mm-hmm. seeing it happen, you know. Totally. It, the focus it's uh I'm, I'm all over that and you know if you can't see yourself being great it's not just going to happen and it's not a cockiness it's not it's it's all the work you put in you know visualize yourself and in, in the, in the dreams you've had as a little kid and visualize yourself doing doing something great tomorrow or you know at practice tomorrow or you know i usually i would always i still do it every night before a game you know and i got through my routine but um, I think it's important. And I tell them all the time, don't be afraid to be great, you know, and, and that seems to resonate somewhat with them, which, which is a good thing. I, I love that you bring it up because, you know, if you want to be great, like being a greatness doesn't happen in the future or in the past. It happens right now. And so, you know, right. you know, you're going to, you're going to hear a little bit of the mental performance coach in me, but it's, it's to get these athletes into the present, into their breath but to get them to visualize, they, to see it, feel it, do it. And what I love about visualization is that your mind doesn't know the difference between a physical rep and a mental rep. So, I mean, and, and when we're talking about um, perfectionism, the only thing that I want an athlete to be perfect at is their visualization because they're training their brain to see themselves do great things. And you get to be yep. become your own filmmaker. It's, it's fun when you actually know how to do the skill. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Be your own filmmaker. I'm, I'm gonna steal that. I'll cite you though, Grant. But that's All right, good. Yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it's a true. It's a true statement, man. If you can, yeah. you can manifest things through positive thought and, and continual, whether it's visualization, meditation, prayer, whatever you want to call it. It's putting that power of thought to motion and, and putting it out there enough that it, it becomes habitual. And uh, totally, you know that's. Uh, that's a special thing. You got the right transmitter of positivity back there behind center. You can do some good things. Oh, uh, sure can. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when you were when you were playing Rolo, and uh, you know, I know it's you know every everybody's dream to play and win a Super Bowl as a quarterback. Um, you know, you did retire, but while you were playing, did you did you have plans to be a coach, or was that something that just came to you after you were done playing and thought, ah, hey, let me give this a shot? Uh. After uh, June Jones's experience my senior year, and and because he was, he he was a positive coach in my opinion before positive coaching was cool, and that was the reason yeah. I really it was he was honest, um you know nobody BS me about coming there you know I had all these you know whatever you know Minnesota Cal I went there and I'm like oh this is how I want to play I want to play this is the style obviously the the four wide you know ten personnel deal was was big for me because I wasn't like you, Jake. I couldn't move very much, but um, I also liked the, the, the realness of it, you know. It, it was it, Nobody was BSing me. Here's what we are. We got it. You'll be yeah. the eighth quarterback. If you want to come, come. And they never never yelled at us about it. And I'm, I'm big on this deal. Don't attack the person. Attack the problem, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been very effective with our guys um, in, in the last few places or the last few teams I've been able to have really harped on that. Like we're not, we're not yelling at you. You can't get here. The message, right. Emotional times, 
sometimes it comes up, but coaches need to really, you need to attack the problem because these kids give us a lot. They give a lot to their teammates. They give a lot for their families as far as time, effort. You know, they don't do that to want to be bad. They want to be good. And um, so, so attacking the problem instead of the person is, is big in my book. I like that, man. That's cool. And before we get into our in and out of the pocket questions here, I wanted to tap into your motion real quick because um, obviously you played the, the the position quarterback for many years. What when you throw just a dime, just a beautiful, you spin the ball, everything works out. What is that? What's that feeling that you get as a quarterback, and then also as a coach when you designed the most beautiful play and it all works out perfectly and you score? How do you feel on the sideline? Is is there a difference, or is it kind of the same feeling? Um. I think it's different. You know, I, I, I think I always could throw things accurately. Like yesterday, my kid was trying to throw a, a, like a rubber soccer ball at me and the, the screen door was just a little bit open and he ran in there and like, I threw it in there and I threw it in there again. And I, was like, oh, yeah. I remember the kid throwing a rock at a sign and like a sign pole and I fucking just, sorry, I drilled it and, <laughs> yeah, I like oh, I like doing that. You know, I but love it. When you design a play, there's a there's a much more um, team oriented, or you you get everybody on this. Not so much the design of a play; it's the it's the everyone seeing it before it happens in, in practice and film. And here's what this is going to happen. We had one versus New Mexico where all week we're like, guys, this is going to be a touchdown. This is just what we got to do. It was a switch concept, vertical switch deal, and and. Um, everyone did their job and the outside receiver took as much pride doing what he was supposed to do to help open up the slot up the sideline. And, um, those are, those are just, nothing needs to be said. Everyone on the sideline was like nodding at each other and, and it builds a lot of trust, you know, with, for future, uh, games or situations like that. Very nice. Well, it's time we step out of the pocket. I think Grant, uh, yeah. we've, we've been, Standing in here, it's a little too long. It's time to make a play off the cuff, <laughs> roll to the left, and throw a dime. That's good. Uh, or a haymaker, a haymaker, as I used to call them. You know, hey, I'm trying to make a play, coach. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Here we go, Rolo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna All throw right. a few quick ones at you, and then another. And so, if you had to choose, would you rather be chilling out by the by a lake, by a river, or by the ocean? Uh, I would say by the ocean. I'd like. I think salt okay. water has. Uh, healing effect on the soul. Ah, there's more than one reason there. All right. Uh, <laughs> what about this? Would you like rather go fishing, golfing, or get, go gamble? Gamble. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Those are pretty easy, but here's the next one. What's the craziest like stunt or bet that you've ever tried to pull off in your life? Name one or two or one of them that you can remember. Uh, not much stunts. Um, I don't know. Maybe a big bet on a single number on a roulette table and let it hit. That was that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and did, and you hit it? Did you hit it? Hit it. Hit it. Nice. I love it. Nice. Yeah. That's trusting your trusting your instincts there. I love trusting your gut. That's right. That is got <laughs> way you got to do it. Okay, last one here. We've been in this lockdown and this pandemic. What's one of like the wackiest or one of one thing you've done that you always wanted to do but never had time for that maybe the pandemic has created that extra little bit of time? Uh, probably night 
nightly wrestling matches with my with my kids. <laughs> or, 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 uh, or, or last night we watched Monty Python, uh, Search for the Holy Grail. Yeah, oh, the there you go. That. That's cool. <laughs> so revisiting some, some old classics. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Nice. Or, or nice. Indeed. I like uh, playing dominoes with my kids and teaching them math that way. Uh huh. <laughs> Getting creative. I love it, man. I, I love it. Yep. Have some fun going on. I can visualize that WWF WrestleMania going on. Oh. It does look pretty, oh, man. Because I got three boys and oh, a wow. daughter. Twin, twin boys that are sick. So it's been, oh, it's been fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Those are my questions. Now you can throw some at him, Grant. All right, man. Well, I'm going I'm to start off with food because that's on my mind right now. Um, right. You know, when my when I was my very first recruiting trip uh, to Hawaii in high in high school, actually, um, I had this incredible experience. Uh, not only going to University of Hawaii, but the food was incredible. So when you were playing there and coaching there, like, what was your favorite Hawaiian dish? Uh, I will take the Kahlua pig with rice and poi. Mm. Uh, I like that combination right there. That'll be right. just fine. Yum. There it is. Yum. I'm hungry. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> and how often do you, when you actually create passwords for, and again, don't have to tell me the passwords, but for anything on your computer, how many of your passwords have your football number in it? Uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> good, good question. Maybe my phone, maybe my phone, but some of those, some of those passwords, I got a, I got a, a pretty good one that I, I tend to use. So, uh, it. has more to do with my family than my football number, but no, I like, you got, you got, you know, lost on whatever you, it's what comes to mind, right? Even my kids are like, Oh dad, we knew you wore number 12. So I knew when I got number two at the Broncos, I was in trouble. Cause not many single digit yeah. quarterbacks stick around. I know. Was, was that, who was yeah. number two? Was it couch? Was, uh, you don't see a lot oh, of number two. number two when he played. No, yeah. but no. a great experience being with Jake, man. That was, that was a fun time with, with Danny Canel. I mean, look at with Burline. Oh, yeah. um, that was, we that had was fun, man. Yes, we did. We had fun. We had some fun, fun on the field and and off the field at uh, Shanahan's party and parties. And oh, stuff. We had a good time. <laughs> that party was so fun. Oh, yeah. we won't even go there, man, because we're running out of time. <laughs> I love it. Another, another yeah, podcast. We, don't, we might don't want to go that one. <laughs> well, if you ever get up in the area, Jake, let me know, brother. And I hope everything's going well. I will, you. man. I will, man. Thank you. You know, everyone listening, this watch out for Wazoo, man. This guy knows how to coach and relate to these kids. And as as he said it, there's gonna be people wanting to get out of the big cities and find that little gem of a place. And, and Pullman is sure is one of those. So, good luck it, up there, Rolo. Uh, can't wait to see you kick some ass, man. When we get back to it. Thanks, brother. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, coach. I'm good. Hey, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Thank you.